Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. And welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR. You're listening in on 8.55am, 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au. This week is Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Awareness Week, celebrated every year in November. Each year since 2005, the week has been an opportunity for everyone to raise awareness about perinatal anxiety and depression, including the signs to look for and ways to seek support for both mothers, fathers and the people around them. Today on the show, we're going to be talking to two organisations that are both focused on the perinatal period. Firstly, we're going to be talking to PANDA, which stands for Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia. PANDA supports women, men and families across Australia to recover from post and antenatal depression and anxiety. We are going to talk to Kathy White, who is the National Helpline and Programs Manager. All right, so thank you so much for joining us today, Kathy. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about how common perinatal anxiety and depression is? Sure, it's surprisingly common, um, with up to around one in five expecting or new mums and around one in ten dads experiencing it. So we estimate it's about 100,000 families who might be affected this year. Um, and even though it's a common illness, many people don't recognise the signs or realise what might be happening. So unfortunately, they don't reach out for help. This year's theme for perinatal depression and anxiety awareness week is called It Happened to Me. So reflecting the idea that these illnesses are common, they have many faces and that they can affect anybody. But they're not something to be ashamed of and with the right kind of help, you can recover, you can enjoy pregnancy and early parenthood and all of the unique challenges that that period brings. Yeah, so why is raising awareness so important? Well, for many new and expecting parents, um, they may not recognise the signs and they might think that feeling symptoms of anxiety and depression is just part of pregnancy and early parenthood and something that everybody goes through. So it's important for us to help people understand that that's not the case, uh, that they don't need to suffer with these symptoms alone. And raising awareness is also important. It helps us to increase the general community's understanding of mental health challenges in the perinatal period, so during pregnancy and that first year of the baby's life. And there was some research that Panda undertook last year into some community attitudes um, showed that while most people recognised anxiety and depression as a possible health issue for a new parent after the baby was born, only about 5% of people identified anxiety or depression as a possible health issue during pregnancy. Um, and given that these mental health issues affect around 1 in 10 women and 1 in 20 men during pregnancy, raising awareness right across that perinatal period is so important. Yeah, so what are some of the signs and symptoms of perinatal anxiety and depression to look for? While each person's experience is different, um, there are some common signs and symptoms that you can look out for. Uh, so these would include things like constant sadness or crying, panic attacks, 
persistent worry, difficulty sleeping even when the baby is sleeping, a loss of self-esteem or withdrawing from friends and family. And if these kind of symptoms persist for two weeks or more and they're having an impact on your motivation, your confidence or your ability to do daily tasks, then it's important to reach out for help. And a good starting point would be a trusted health professional like a GP um, or contacting Panda's National Helpline to have a confidential chat. And if you notice these signs in a loved one who is pregnant or has a young baby, you could try to provide a space for them to talk honestly about what they've been feeling. Um, you could encourage them to talk with a health professional that they feel comfortable with, or perhaps you could suggest they ring Panda and have a chat about how things have been going. Um, so what are some of the potential impacts of perinatal anxiety and depression? So if perinatal anxiety and depression are left untreated, uh, we know that there can be significant effects on family relationships and many other areas of life. Symptoms can become more severe um, and this makes it difficult to function in day-to-day -day tasks. We know that welcoming a new baby into the family is often a time you know, when life should feel joyous and exciting alongside those new challenges of parenthood. And so if people are finding that they're not able to experience that um, and they notice either for themselves or for a loved one that it's difficult to get through the days, then it's important to speak up so you can start to receive help and to feel better sooner. Why is early intervention so important? As with all mental illnesses, um, seeking help early can contribute to a faster recovery. So we know that that means people can soon feel like themselves again and they can be the parent that they want to be. One of our key messages is that the sooner you reach out for help, the sooner you can understand what is happening and what you might need to do to feel better. And we know that often people don't recognise what might be going on for them and so unfortunately they don't speak up or put their hand up for help until they have been struggling for quite some time. It's really important to us here at Panda um, that people understand that early intervention is so important. So we encourage people to be familiar with those signs and symptoms for themselves and also to look out for any loved ones who might be pregnant or have a young baby so that they know how best to support them. Why do you think some people who are struggling delay seeking help? There can be lots of reasons that people delay seeking help for a mental health issue. Often people may think that the changes they're experiencing within themselves are a normal part of pregnancy or early parenthood and that everybody goes through that. Um, so they may not realise there's something wrong. And, and secondly, there are lots of expectations placed on new and expecting parents. The image of the perfect parent is a powerful one, it's everywhere and often people feel very intense guilt and shame if their own experience of pregnancy or parenthood doesn't match what they thought it would or what they see on social media or what their friends and family might have experienced in their own lives. Many of our callers to the National Helpline are also uh, worried that if they talk about the negative thoughts and feelings they've been having or if they're honest about not enjoying parenthood or not feeling connected to their baby, that they might be judged as unfit to be a parent or have their baby taken away, which is simply not the case. Um, also, if you're feeling sad or anxious, and this, these are things that can make you want to hide away rather than speak up and talk about your thoughts and feelings. So there's some of the sorts of things that can stop people from speaking out about this. A big part of our work during perinatal depression and anxiety awareness week is to try and reduce the stigma associated with these mental health issues so that people can understand that it's a common but treatable illness and that there are lots of options for help out there.
Yeah. Um, so just lastly, where can people go to find more information about the work that you do at Panda? People can have a look at Panda's website, which is www.panda.org.au, um, and have a look through the services that we provide. We would suggest also contacting our national helpline on 1300 726 306 and that's open between 9am to 7.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, Monday to Friday. Great. Um, thank you so much, Cathy, for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much. That was our interview with Cathy Wyatt from Panda. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Brainwaves on 3CR and this week it is Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Awareness Week. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking to Nicole from the Centre for Perinatal Excellence, COPE, which is a non-profit organisation which aims to provide help for those struggling emotionally during pregnancy and early parenthood. So Nicole, what does your role at COPE involve? Uh, well, look, I developed COPE, established COPE around in 2013 because I could see a real need for um, more information for women going through pregnancy and their partners and also in the first 12 months after having a baby particularly. And this is the time known as the perinatal period when we know that women are most at risk of developing mental health problems and often for the first time. Um, it was very clear to me that... Um, uh, you know, women generally would not identify signs and symptoms of mental health problems in pregnancy and postnatally because they view their symptoms in the context of pregnancy and um, or life as a new mother. So that's where we really saw a niche role for a new organisation, which really is about um, presenting in the information in a way that um, people can relate to. So my role at COPE really is around... Um, obviously in the first few years establishing the organisation, but in particular we've um, got extensive information for women and men and health professionals. Um, we manage a number of projects, so at the moment we're um, rewriting the National Clinical Guidelines for Australia, and um, that will inform about best practice, for example, what, what is the best way to identify these con conditions, should we be screening, um, are these particular medications safe in pregnancy, all those sort of questions. Um, and also we're we're doing some exciting work with um, trialling new digital uh, digital approaches to screening. So rather than pen and paper, we're looking at, uh, we've developed a platform called iCOPE, which looks at digitising screening so women can be empowered with information and we collect data in real time. Mm, that's, that's really amazing. interesting. So um, perinatal is an umbrella term that includes both the time during pregnancy and the time after the baby is born. So what sorts of changes can happen during this time in regards to a parent's mental health? Uh, look, there are so many changes that happen and any parent out there who's, um, you know, trying to get pregnant or is pregnant or coming up to um, having their baby or had a baby will understand that, you know, when you are going through parenthood or um, trying to, to go through parenthood, um, there are lots and lots of challenges and lots of things you experience, whether they're hormonal changes, changes to your lifestyle, changes to your relationship, changes to your work and how you see work 
and changes to your identity and how you see yourself, not so much as an individual anymore, but now as a as a mother and not so much as just a couple, but as parents. So there are so many different changes on so many different levels. And this is why it is such a period of, you know, such great adjustment. And it's for this reason that we know that um, this adjustment is easier for some than it is for others. And that huge adjustment uh, does place some people at greater risk of developing mental health problems at this time. Thank you for that. Is there some sort of line between mental illness in general and perinatal mental illness? And what is the distinction between the two? Um, so mental illness can occur at any time in a woman's life or a man's life. Um, but we know that uh, the perinatal period, so pregnancy and the first year after having a baby, is the time that she is most likely um, to develop mental health problems. So um, in when you look at the uh, symptoms and nature of the disorder, they're not actually clinically different from depression or anxiety, for example, that incur, occur outside of the perinatal period. But um, the way that they're viewed by consumers and the context in which they're viewed is quite different because people are often putting these signs and symptoms down to part of having a baby. So, for example, we've done a lot of research with uh, women who have experienced uh, pregnancy depression, for example, and they said they didn't identify the symptoms because they thought it was the pregnancy hormones. They just put it down to the hormones. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, in the postnatal period, they put it down to, well, what did I? What did you expect? And other people even say, well, what did you expect? You're having a baby. Of course you're going to feel that way. Or they put it down to, again, the hormones or it's sleep deprivation or it's just part of adjusting. So it's very important that we position the information in a way that's relevant to women and positioning that information in the context of what is going on for them when pregnant or having a baby um, is so important. So although clinically they are no different um, to uh, these conditions outside of the perinatal period, for the consumer experience and the way they view them, they are quite different. So we need to be able to make sure that we're presenting the information in a way that they're going to understand and is going to be receptive to that information. Hmm. I think that's a really good distinction to make because it is quite there can be not a lot of difference at times and I think it comes down to how people identify with it as well. So it's really important. Um, but does having a pre-existing mental illness mean that you're going to be more likely to develop some sort of mental illness during the perinatal period? Look, it certainly is known that um, that is a major risk factor. So if you have a personal history of anxiety or depression, for example, your likelihood of developing um, anti or postnatal depression and anxiety is higher than it would be for someone who has never had a mental health condition before. So certainly it is a risk factor. It is a known risk factor. And it's probably the strongest risk factor. Other risk factors that, um, or factors that we know increase your risk of depression and anxiety in this um, time is things like... Um, not being in a supportive relationship, not having access to practical and emotional support, um, having history of drug and alcohol problems, being exposed to family violence, having uh, not only a personal history but a family history of mental health problems. There can be a genetic component there. Mm. Um, So these are the different types of risk factors, but of all of those, certainly having a personal history or even a family history of mental health problems is the most likely risk factor. And that's why a lot of health professionals will ask you when you're pregnant or in the postnatal period if you have ever experienced conditions like this before, because it just um, enables us to identify whether you might be at risk and make sure that you have access to information and support and care should early signs develop. 
So what can friends and family do to help make the transition into parenthood more comfortable for the new parents? Yeah, look, I think um, one of the things is keeping your eyes and ears open and being aware and not forgetting, first of all, to ask mum and dad how they really are. Often there's so much focus on the baby, um, but not forgetting about mum and dad. I think um, particularly uh, we often get, we have specific pages actually on the website around advice for family, friends and grandparents. Um, I think sometimes... uh, in, in the world these days, grandparents used to play a very important role when babies came along because they were the ones who were the holders of all the knowledge. Whereas at the moment, people are Googling everything and finding everything else out for themselves and not necessarily going to the grandparents. And I think in some cases that often leaves grandparents feeling like they're not valued or their advice is not valued. Um, and um, I think on the other side for grandparents too is um, it's natural to want to give advice based on your experience and often sometimes that's not welcomed by the individual and that can certainly cause stress and strain in the relationship. Um, so I think being very open and having those conversations early about you know how you can support each other, what's helpful, providing practical support is very helpful You know, right at the beginning, whether it's making the odd dinner or offering to take the baby for a walk, just little things like that can make such a difference um, in terms of just giving the mum and dad some breathing time or time to themselves um, they can be all very very important for attaining your own emotional and mental health but also your opportunity to bond with your with your um, children and your grandchildren so just quickly what services does cope offer for a mother or father who believes they might be struggling with being a new parent and what was the website as well that you were mentioning mm-hmm. um, well the first thing that cope offers um, expectant new Um, or hopeful mothers and fathers is number one is information. Information and knowledge is power in this state and um, it's a time when we really need to be aware and be aware of expectations, be aware of high quality information about what's really going on um, and be able to know where and how to access safe and effective treatments if that's needed. So COPE has a very extensive website www.cope.org.au where we provide a lot of information at each stage of the journey right from preconception and thinking about having a baby through to conception, pregnancy, coming up to birth and then in the postnatal period. So we've derived a lot of research from consumers, um, from women, from men, mothers and fathers, grandparents, family, friends and health professionals about all the things women and men said that they wish they knew before they embarked on the journey of parenthood. So we've made sure that all that information is up there. Um, importantly, all information is underpinned by the National Clinical Guidelines, so you know it's high quality because you've got to be careful when you're Googling everything about what's um, actually uh, high-quality evidence-based information. Um, so that's the first thing that certainly COPE provides for people. Um, the other things that we're doing, as I mentioned at the very beginning, is looking at um, transforming the way that we provide information. So um, at the moment, you know, you might go along to your health professional and there might be brochures or booklets there. Um, We need to improve the way that we deliver information and customise this. So this is where we've developed digital screening programs so that um, we can screen women and they can receive instant tailored information about their own emotional and mental health and link them to care. But we're also developing um, a a new guide that people can download and every month they'll receive information about how they're going um, and what are the challenges that they're going to find in each month of pregnancy and the postnatal period and then linking them to other people's stories so that they know that they're not alone and also evidence-based information and where to get support if they need it. Hmm. 
That's really, really great. So that's www.cope.org.au. So that was uh, an interview with Nicole from COPE. We're just going to finish off with a little bit of a discussion about well-being and self-care for parents, especially during perinatal anxiety and depression week, where it's becoming so much more important to raise awareness about um, anxiety and depression in the post and antenatal times. So we have a fact sheet from Panda. It's on their website, panda.org.au, and we're just going to have a bit of a discussion about some of the signs to look out for and what to do um, if you feel like you might be affected by some sort of anxiety and depression around the perinatal period. So during the perinatal period, um, it becomes a real priority to look after your newborn child, but not so much to look after yourself, which I think is where a lot of the anxiety comes from for new parents and for recurring parents I guess um so this fact sheet just talks a little bit more about what are some of the things that you can focus on for yourself that can help make um the perinatal period a little bit um less challenging I guess Um. for many parents sleep can become a really hard thing to monitor the interrupted sleep pattern can take a huge mental and physical as well as an emotional toll on uh, parents' mental health. Some general rules for sleep hygiene includes going to bed at the same time every day, avoid exercise before bed, if you can't sleep, get up and do something quiet in another room, and avoid napping in the evening. Quick naps can also improve the alertness to help in decision-making, creativity, and sensory perception. Short naps, such as 20 minutes, are less likely to disrupt your sleep at night. Yeah, another area is eating. Um, uh, The period when a new child is born can have a lot of time constraints and hormonal changes, which takes impact on diet and appetite. If you're struggling to find time to prepare food, maybe try having some small snacks on hand, such as yogurt or nuts, to keep going throughout the day and keep hydrated as well that always helps with mood and sleep Um, and make some time to set goals for meal planning and stuff can also help as well. Uh, Exercise is another one Uh, for some people regular physical exercise is highly beneficial however setting achievable goals is very important Uh, These goals depend on personal circumstances, previous exercise history and physical recovery from birth. It is also helpful to schedule in exercise time. When your baby is small, this could be as simple as aiming for a short walk in the morning with the baby in the pram. Another way to manage your self-care is to keep connected with others. So being at home on maternal leave or paternal leave for quite a while can be really isolating for some parents. Um, It's important to keep connected to existing social networks and to new ones as well. So find times to make and meet new mothers in playgroups by connecting with people in your community, such as local library, Or you can even stay connected on the online sphere. A lot of Facebook groups and blogs are dedicated to mothers and to fathers on their journey of parenting as well. 
Uh, and also just remember to have your own time. Um, time out means different things to everyone, but in general, it is important that parents who are primarily carers have a break from the caring role at all times. Um, this could be as simple as going for a walk alone, going shopping, listening to music, watching a movie or taking a really nice relaxing bath. Yeah, I think one of the other large things is that it can have an impact on your own self-compassion and like gentleness on yourself. Um, it can be really hard for parents who are sleep deprived, who haven't been eating properly. They may feel irritable, tired and under pressure of raising a child. Um, who might feel like they're also alone in going through this journey. They have certain expectations of how parenting will be and it becomes really difficult when you don't meet those own expectations. But just create room for acceptance of your feelings without harsh, without harsh judgment or criticism. Give yourself the same kindness and care that you would offer a friend if they were struggling. Um, for, me, for parents, recognising that you are struggling is the first step. Uh, there are many professional support um, out there helping you with your mental health. Um, callers to the helpline often comment on their relief at being able to talk about what is on their mind. For some people, it is helpful to talk to family or friends, but often for varied reasons, this is not helpful or possible. Discussing your concerns with a mental health professional or a helpline such as Panda is a good option in these cases. If possible, to build a positive relationship with your local GP. New parents with babies often visit their GP for the baby's sake, but we encourage callers to connect for their own sake too. Self-care is partly about reaching out to others when we need it. There are other options for professional support beyond a GP, facilitated playgroups, psychologists and counsellors. Panda can also help you access these. Yeah, so if you want to contact Panda's helpline, the number is 1300 726 306. Um, and you can also go on their website, panda.org.au and the COPE website as well, which is cope.org.au. Um, you can find more episodes of our show on the Brainwaves website, brainwaves.org.au, and on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au slash brainwaves. Um, you can also find podcasts of our show on iTunes. We'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for a new episode. Stay tuned for Renegade Economists. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.